Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host this evening, Robert Brining, joined by Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you making out this evening? Oh, you want to know how I make out? Um, Usually (laughs) open mouth, a little tongue. What about the eyes? Are they open or shut? Usually closed. Okay. Yeah, why? How are you? You, How how was your week? It it was good. Um, Busy. And I I just, it just seems to be, Busy, 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 busy. That's all it is every morning, and it's and it's not like, you know, meaningful busy. It's just busy. It's lots of stuff going on. Oh, I guess busy is better than not being busy. I guess, right? Oh, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's always good to be productive. Oh, I didn't say productive. I just said busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! But I have to tell you, I took a two-hour nap today. Good old power nap. Oh, it was lovely. I slept in the entire movie face off, (laughs) which isn't hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've got John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Snooze fast. (laughs) You're right. Oh, my God. Boring. So I just, you know, I, I... got the comforter out, I got a pillow out, and I laid on the couch and laid down, and then Charlie, the dog, came up, and she snuggled with me for a little while, and it was it was great. And that was that. You were out. And that was it. Done. That was, that's all she wrote. That's funny. Well, I so had how a was your week? Productive, pretty productive week. Um, I was actually in D.C. for the, the ADAP um, conference that I attended that is uh, held every year by the ADAPT Advocacy Association. And um, it, it, was, it was a very great conference. Um, so much information that is given to you about how we can go to our elected officials and how to approach them and, and how to, you know, let people know that we are, we, we are a force to be reckoned with. People with HIV, you know, we have a vote, and our vote's important. And if we place our vote in the, for the right person or, you know, hopefully we'll get work done. And it's just... Waiting list is getting out of control. There's over 8,000 people that are on the waiting list as of uh, July. I think 8,655 actually to be exact. Um, Americans that are on the waiting list that can't get their meds, and somebody has to do something. So what the ADAPT Advocacy Association does is kind of puts this conference together and brings people from pharmaceutical um, companies, people from who part of the government are invited, um, you know, everyday advocates, people who are on the front lines like Dab Garner, uh, fighting ADAP every day, people like that together, and, and to bring discussion and to talk about the facts and, and to try to find a solution. So it, it, was, it was really jam-packed awesome. Um, besides the conference and all that, just going there and meeting a lot of the POSIMers, uh, a lot of people were there, like uh, Janine, who was on the show, uh, Dab, like we said, Cowboy Larry, a lot of people, Mark King, were down there and doing their thing, and, and it was just great. We actually put together the I thought it was our first, but here it was our second because I forgot. Last year when we had the conference, we put one together. So this was our second Pazayamers dinner, and we had about 20 people um, that came, whether they were at the conference attending it or if they lived in D.C. and just came out and had dinner with us. And it was awesome. It was just a night of meeting people that you sit online with every day and read their blogs and chat in the, the Pazayam chat room. And it was just really nice to have a face-to-face conversations. And some of those conversations lasted until 3 in the morning. Like I was outside the hotel having cigarettes, smoking cigarettes and having conversations about life and acceptance and, and moving on past your diagnosis. And it was just those are the things that make going to these conferences for me worth it all, meeting the everyday people that are like me. Because that's what helps us move forward. Well, that's exactly how you, you do it. It's all about relationship I mean, it was, building. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was just a really 
awesome experience, and I hope that those that were there, you know, um, and weren't there can actually read it on my blog. Um, if you go to Pause.im and you can find my blog there, I just posted it. Um, it's called Where Are You At? The ADAP Crisis. Um, one of the things I did want to mention is uh, we did have an awards uh, dinner. Um, for, I think for the first time we had dinner where we sat down and gave out awards. And I wanted to recognize two people who, a couple of people that won awards um, that really make a difference in, in ADAP. Um, the ADAP Champion of the Year was Dab Garner from Dab the AIDS Bear Project, which is well-deserved. Everybody knows and loves Daddy Dab. He was actually my roommate. He was? Conference. Yeah, so it was like really Okay, awesome. okay, so, so so hold on, so hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have like this little crush on Daddy. Uh-huh. Um, what did he wear to bed? I don't remember, because I wasn't really looking. You weren't looking? Oh, my God, I totally would have looked. Well, you know. I totally would have. Are you kidding? Oh, not you. <laughs> but, but oh, it was so, so anyway, so, so what did he look like when he wake up, when he wakes up? He looks like Dad, like he always does. Really? Full of like, energy. Like yeah. Full of energy and just like that yeah. hot hunk of a man. That's right. Good old Dad. Did Did you wash no, his back in awesome. the shower? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, Robert. Next time I'm going to be Daddy Dad's roommate. Well, next, next time, time maybe you'll come. Me. So we'll yeah, work yeah, on that I'll next come. time. So you can and come. I'm going to be um, his roommate, and then and then forget it, and then you know, and then murder she wrote. Oh, God, that's right. That would be, huh? I kind of sound like a stalker, don't I? A little bit, but you're good. It's all okay. fun. Um, all right. The ADAP Emerging Leader of the Year was uh, a gentleman by the name of Jason King from the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. The ADAP Corp, uh, Corporate Partner of the Year was Neil Romano, who um, was the gentleman, the Romano group, who filmed the PSA that we did for ADAP, which is actually on your website, Jeremy, I saw. Yes. Um, the ADAP Community Organizer of the Year was uh, Stephen, I'm going to mess up his name, Gonzalez of CounselingMinistries.org. Um, and ADAP Social Media Campaign was Mark King for his AIDS Activism 101 that he uh, filmed during the, the Florida Summit that we had in March. And then the ADAP Grassroots Campaign of the Year was Butch McKay, who runs the Positive Living Conference and Activate You session that was in Fort Walton Beach. So congratulations to them. Um, it was all well-deserved, amazing people. It was just an honor to be in the room with them and, and to share that moment. It was awesome. So enough about that. Um, the only other thing that I did want to bring up about the conference is that on Wednesday night after the awards, we did go over to our friend uh, Jacob Pring. He runs an event there that Pauzaim sponsors um, at the Green Lantern in D.C. He does events in D.C., New York, and um, Wednesday nights are the nights at the Green Lantern. So we went over there, and like 15 of us walked over. And we had a good time. We shot some pool and... It was fun. It was fun. So, um, you know, thanks for him to, for inviting us out there. It was a good time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You went to a place called The Green Lantern. You didn't go see the movie The Green Lantern. No, I didn't go see the movie. It was a bar, it was a bar where they had the pause event, and it was it was really cool. It was nice to just be around people, hang and be and be comfortable. You know. Oh, that's nice, though. It's nice to socialize. Yes, it's nice. Yes, and, it is. You know, it's the networking. Good. Absolutely. So um, that was basically my week because <laughs> it was Thursday. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so, or no, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and I basically came home and crashed on Thursday night. Wow! After I watched Big Brother because Big Brother is on, so I'm excited about that. It's that baby. You are like <laughs> into like that weird show. I love it. I love it. Why, why do you love it? I just think, I, I just love it because it's, I don't know why. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like watching every other reality show, but you're able to watch it 24-7 online. You're able to watch, you know, like, it, it's just, it's one of those things is like you're watching a hamster cage and you're watching them go around the wheel. It's just kind of one of those things that's just fascinating. And as it gets down to being more of a trickster and more lying to people. The drama gets good. The lying gets good. And it's just, it's blood rushing. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just, oh, I love it. So, anyway, so I, I want to move on to tonight's topic. We're gonna, oh, yeah, what's tonight? What are we doing tonight? Tonight, what you're asking? You want to, you tell everyone. I don't know what we're doing tonight. This is always a surprise. Oh, it's always a surprise. Listen to him. 
It is. To, it's um, always a surprise. I never know because because guys, all of you who are listening, he never lets me in on what the topic is or who the guest is until like three minutes before the show. So I never get to do any research at all. None. That's a liar. I am not a liar. Anyway, yes. I should be your big brother. (laughs) There you go. Apply. There you have Um, it. They wouldn't um, want me anyway. We are going to be talking about um, new, you know, questions that people are newly diagnosed with HIV have. Common questions really? that they have. If you, yes, if you have a question for us, you can call us here at the show at 347-215-9442. And so they can call uh, us at 347-215-9442. Is that right? Yes, that's the number. And okay, and number one. again, that, wait, the number again was 347-215-9442. That's right. Okay, so, so everybody, did you hear that? The number is 347-215-9442. Please don't let Robert and me just drone, drone on tonight. Give us right. a call, call in, share your stories, explain what it was like when you were first newly diagnosed, what questions you had in your head, you know, all of that stuff. So anyway, back to you, Robert. Right, I'm waiting for um, um, uh, a guest to come on shortly. He's going to talk about an event that he's hosting out in L.A., so I wanted to have him come on and speak about that. So I'm waiting for him to call into the show. And once okay. he calls in, I'll bring him on and um, all that good stuff. So, yeah, talk, you know, call us or tweet us also your questions at POZIM, P-O-Z-I-M on Twitter. If you uh, don't want to uh, call into the show, you're always welcome to put them in the chat room as well. You know, one of the big questions, what was the, the biggest thing that you had, question you had, Jeremy, when you were diagnosed? Oh, God. Let me think back. Hold on. I'm going back in time. <laughs> um, I think the biggest question was, is, is what, what, what's, some, what, you know, what's going to happen to me? Um, right. I, I, because I didn't know that was the biggest, the, the, the unknown is always the hardest to deal with. So it was, um, what is, what was going to happen? You know, how am I going to be able to survive? Am I going to, you know, am I going to continue to work? I mean, am I going to be disabled? I mean, what was going to really happen to me? So I think that was the, that was my big question. What was yours? Yeah, that kind of generally the same, am I going to die? You know what I mean? It was kind of like, I just had that fear of death. Um, I, I thought of, immediately I thought of, Pedro, immediately I thought of, you know, Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. These were the thoughts, the images of HIV that I had when I was diagnosed. You know what I mean? I didn't have um, people like Dab or Bob Bowers that were images of HIV that were above the norm and not your, your, your frail little, you know what I mean? I didn't know of it. I wasn't aware of people like that. Yeah. You don't see it. Yeah. No, no, you're right, because I, I can remember, I, I think what flashed through my head, honestly, was um, the movie Philadelphia. Yeah. You know? Um, or or even the, you know, Brandy Schultz's um, and the band played on. I mean, or what was that other movie? Long Time Companion. Do you, does anybody remember that one? Long Time Companion? It sounds familiar. I know I've had to watch it. It has to have been on Logo. Um, back in the day when Logo used to play all um, HIV-AIDS movies on World AIDS Day? Yeah. I think that's when I've seen it. Oh, my God. Long Time Companion. Hmm. Yeah. That was with, um, oh, what was his name? Um, Bruce something or other. Oh. Daddy Dad was an extra and longtime companion. So does that mean um said it mean <laughs> Daddy that you Yeah, he just said it in this chat room. He was an extra and longtime companion. So I wonder if he was in the um the Fire Island scene when they were all like bumping and grooving and everything. <laughs> so is is that the scene that you were in, Daddy? Let us know. <laughs> Gotta let us know. Oh, and and um he also um uh uh, mentioned It's My Party, which I have to tell you, um, I'm not a big Eric Roberts fan, but he was fantastic in that movie. And and it just, 
that movie, um, it's my party. Just it, it just it's a gut wrenching movie. So, um, oh, see, see, yes, he was in the scene and the last scene on the beach. So he was in the um, Fire Island scene when they were all getting down and groovy. Now I'm gonna have to go watch it again. Right, <laughs> because I have like the biggest crush on Daddy Dab. So, um, because he, he Dab is, you know, he's probably one of my favorite people. Anyway, I won't I won't um, digress anymore over that. But I believe we have a question um, coming in off the uh, off the. Uh, um, the switchboard, and I'm going to bring them in. Of course, it doesn't show me their phone number, so I'm going to bring them in on live. And hello, caller, you're on the air with Robert and Jeremy. Hi, Robert and Jeremy. This is Diane in Denver. How are you guys? Good. How are good. you? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm always calling in on your show. I'm like, okay, let me just do a random call in tonight. But I actually have some really good news. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh is right. So I'm the one that went to the Pride Fest a few weeks back, just to kind of FYI, you guys. And, um, okay, so this past week on Thursday, we had, like, a major typhoon up here in Denver, and I went to the uh, HIV Resources Planning Council. It's the uh, city and county of Denver had a planning council. So I decided to go down there and just kind of sit in and, you know, kind of get a feel of all what they do and everything. And so they're all—they're mainly the people that, um, when the grants and that come in from the Y and Right funding, they decide who's going to get what and you know read up all the grants and that type of thing. So um, I'm just sitting there, just kind of listening, and you know, ask a few little random questions here and there. And at the end of the conference, um, Maria Lopez comes up to me, and she's like, um, "Diane, would you like an application to be on the council?" And I was like, "Sure." And she's like. Just get it filled out in the next, you know, two or three months, and um, the council just has to approve you, and then once you get approved by the mayor, you'll be in. So they basically want me. That's great. So I'm just, like, really happy because, like, I always, that was one of my biggest dreams was to be on the HIV planning council for the city and county of Denver. So I'm just like, yay. (laughs) Oh, that's terrific. Well, fantastic, and congratulations. Thank you. Diane, when you were first diagnosed, can you tell me what was the big question that you had? Probably why and is this really happening (laughs) were the two questions that went off in my head because I'm just like, well, okay, I've never done drugs. Um, You know, I'm just kind of going through everything in my head like, okay, how did I get this disease? And, you know, I just had probably more than one question. But, you know, the big question was why did this happen, happen to me? And I'm just helping other women right now in the city of Denver just because of the fact that I wouldn't want anybody, whether it's male or female, to go through what I went through. In fact, my anniversary date is going to be this Friday. It will be 11 years that I was diagnosed. Wow. So I wouldn't want, you know, anybody to go through what I had to go through. Right. Well, congratulations on the job. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, and it's something that I've really always wanted to do. So um, I was just really happy when they, you know, gave me the application and invited me to come back, and I'm just really very, very happy about this, and everybody's really encouraging me, and, you know, they're like, yeah, I think you should go for it, and they said that you got, you you can talk good, you have no problem, you're not shy, so they said go ahead and go for it. So I'm just really excited about the whole the whole ordeal, so. Well, cool. We wish you lots of luck with it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Diane. Good luck. No problem. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Cool, Diane. Uh, yeah, good for her. Good for her. It's always good well, who? We're doing what we're doing. So um, let's see. You know, one of the other questions that I always was afraid of was, uh, you know, when and how to start medicine. You know, that was always something that kind of um, was a big thing because I wasn't educated. When I was first diagnosed, they told me my counts were good. You know what I mean? And when you're not educated about the disease and you're just hearing your counts are good, your counts are good, you're always worried about when is that medicine, you know, when am I supposed to start? Oh, yeah. We get, you know, educated about it. I never had that decision. No? 
No, I had to start meds right away. Right, yeah. Well, a lot of people are like that. You know, have yeah. to start them right away, and they don't. Yeah. You know, they don't get that. But it's tough. It's well, tough I, to I, not I know. But the 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 issue is is that um, many Americans now, like me, are diagnosed um, very late in in the progression of the disease. So that's why many people have to start right away because they don't get diagnosed early. Yeah, so that's why it's important Which to get is, tested and find out. That's right. That, that, that was my point. I was just going to say that. It's, <laughs> everybody needs to get tested at least twice a year, at least twice a year, at least. You make it routine. You, know, you make it just yeah. like if you're going to get you know, you know, your normal test you you know, it, it, everybody should have. Okay, so I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. Everybody, watch. I'm on my soapbox. Do you see me standing get there? Get, get on it. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I have um, my soapbox is that everybody who has a physical once a year get an HIV test. Make it just part of that physical. Um, if you're having sex. And or if if you are an if you are an ID user, intravenous drug user, and you don't want to talk to anybody about it, but you go in for your physical, get get an HIV test. It, it's it's you know it's important. So anyway, there I'm off my soapbox. No, no, no. I no, I agree. I, it should be it should be like a part of like you said, like a part of your physical. Absolutely. It's something that you do, and it shouldn't be. I don't. I, I just think that if you're sexually active, it's some, then it's something that you should you should get done. It should be a part of your physical. Um, whether you want to, you know, tell your parents you're sexually active, you should really talk to your doctor about it because when we're young, that's when we're naive and think we're invisible, and it isn't going to happen to us. And we don't tell anybody because we're so young when it happens. So <laughs> that's true. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you know, it's true. It is we, true. We hide. Yeah. No, I was laughing because, sorry, I'm, I'm listening to you and reading the chat room at the same time. <laughs> and I chuckled <laughs> because Jeremy322 says, we we should make the cast of A-list Dallas and get a, get a test. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I, I, I'm sorry. Does anybody else, I'm going to digress for just a minute. Does no, anybody ahead. else watch that horrible show, The A-List. Did it start? Wait, the New huh? York one? This, the, the second season? I have the New York second season. Has it started yet? Yeah, it started. Are you sure? Yeah, or it's either this week or next week. I've been yeah, seeing ads for it. Like next week or the week after. I thought it was but, like the 28th. I do watch I gotta, it. I, I, I watched two episodes. Two it's all mm-hmm. I could stomach. Mm-hmm. I can't get through it. It's I just cannot. TV. That's the way I look at it. It's just TV, and I think it's all just for TV. <laughs> you know but what I mean? It's are, just TV uh, drama. But, okay, so so hold on. <laughs> they are a bunch of bitchy, whiny queens. Uh, that's exactly what they are. And and I'm sorry if if anybody is a friend of theirs, but I, I can't stand watching it. It kills me. It kills me to watch it. Oh, totally. You know, hey, it doesn't, it hey. doesn't work for everybody. Some people don't think it's great. You know, it's kind of like in a thing like that when you're using a group of people to kind of uh, represent, uh, like, a set of people to represent a group of people, it's always going to offend somebody. You're never, ever going to be able to please everybody when you cast a show but like that. But there's the reason why there's a stereotype. Uh, hey, look, I agree, but it makes good TV. Oh, no, it doesn't. So, so anyway, <laughs> let's digress anyway. from that. Let's digress <laughs> from that, because I do have an, uh, an announcement to, um, uh, to make as well. Um, our friend Michelle Anderson, who was on the show... Um, just announced um, yesterday that she is the new 2011 Miss Plus America. She won 
Miss Openly HIV Positive Michelle Anderson put herself out there and won Miss Plus America 2011. So congratulations to Michelle. Yay! That's awesome, Michelle. Oh, that's great. Yes. So that that is. I was very excited when that um came on. Um, I am waiting for um a friend of mine to be calling in to talk about this event, and I don't see him in the switchboard. Let me see. This might be him. I don't think it is. So I'm going to wait. Let me just see. Caller, who's this? Hello, you're on the air. They're, 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 they're being quiet because they don't want to hear any. They don't want to say okay, anything. So. That's fine. It wasn't who I thought I think they're just listening in. So that's fine. Not a big deal. They can stay in and listen. Remember, you guys can call us here at 347-215-9442. I'm going to go ahead and bring on our next caller, area code 941. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello, this is Danny in Sarasota, Florida. Hey, Danny, how are you? Hello, Robert. Hello, Jeremy. What's up, boys? Hey, Danny, how are you? <laughs> Jeremy, I'm with you with uh, the A-list. I cannot. I would rather watch the Sick Cat channel than watch those pretentious, phony queens. That is such a poor portrayal of gay men. I'm so sorry, but you know what I mean? It's just bullshit, and I'm sorry. Oh, so let's oh. see. What am, do we have the beep number? Do we have the little beep? Beep. No. <laughs> I will not be silenced. I will not be censored. I am what I am, and if you don't like it, you know what you can do. But I can't. Um, I can't am. say it because we're on the air. Yeah, Here we go. Here it. comes. Here it is. Here it comes. Uh, all right. So, I knew you were going to break uh, into song. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Robert. Danny, tell yes, me, Rob, what, what is what is the question that uh, you had when you were diagnosed? What was one of the questions that um, you know was kind of the big one for you? Well, the big one for me was <clears throat> I was di- diagnosed. I had a career, right? At one one time, I had a career. I had money. I had things. I had all that stuff. the The ironic thing is, the day after I was diagnosed, I lost all that and had to sponge off unemployment and food stamps forever and ever. My big question was, like the female caller, I don't remember her name because I have major ADD, but wanted to know, um, thank you, wanted to know why me, God, that kind of thing. And, you know, I thought, I'm a good guy. I'm nice to everyone. I would give you my last piece of bread out of my house. Not only that, I was questioning my own mortality. And I find that the longer I have it, um, the stronger I get. As crazy as that sounds, it's empowered me to speak and to get out there in the community and to talk to people and you know people think that HIV and AIDS are all the same and you know it just there's just so much stigma and so much lack of education out there and if I wasn't so old and I know I'm going to get flack for this but I would go to college and I would be a licensed clinical social worker because not only could I deal with educating HIV about HIV and AIDS I could also deal about deal with um, substance abuse because I have hello I have a background in both but that hasn't happened yet. And um, anyway, for the newly diagnosed people, and this is very cliche, but it's it's fitting, it does get better. You know, it does get better, and it will make you stronger. You just have to embrace it, accept it, do everything your doctor says, keep yourself healthy. And, you know, I see people like Magic Johnson and our little friend Jack that's just still doing it, still out there, still rocking it, you know, and... People look at me, they don't know. Yeah, I'm skinny, but I've always been skinny. I have a tan, you know. I have teeth. Thank you, Ryan White. Thank you, Ryan White. Anyway, um, that's about all I had. Um, You guys are always doing a great job. And, Robert, I've said this before. Now I'm going to say it publicly. If if Jeremy ever has to be somewhere and you need a co-host, look me up. I think we would do a great job. I love you, Jeremy, but I don't think there's a good three of us. There's just too many, (laughs) many, too many irons in the fire, if you know what I mean. But you guys um, have a good night. It's time for my night-night pill, and um, thanks for taking my call, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks for calling in. All right. You know, one of the um, big things that I was scared about when I was diagnosed was how was I going to tell my family? Um, How was I, you know, going to tell my mom or, you know, my sisters? And what were they going to think? And were they educated? Because I wasn't educated. Um, I remember sitting my family down, my mother down, actually, and telling her um, basically that, you know, I, that I tested positive, and she was kind of, you know, I guess shocked, but she had so much other things to deal with because, she, again, um, if anybody knows my story, she was dealing with my dad who was passing away, who just passed away six months ago, and that she was still going through that. So kind of me was probably the last thing she was concerned about. 
So, but I knew I had to tell her. Like, I told her, like, within five days of me being diagnosed. Like, I didn't, like, hold off and wait, where some people are very scared and won't tell them for years and years until they're diagnosed and they're better, until they're more okay with it. I just think at that point, my mom was kind of like one of my best friends. I told her everything. My mom knew when I first had sex with a, with a person. My mom knew all that kind of stuff. Like, me and my mom just kind of had that relationship, and I felt I needed to tell her. So that was kind of like, I'm a mama's boy. At the end of the day, when something goes wrong, I want my mommy. Yeah. We heard that about you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was telling your family something you were concerned about? Oh, I didn't tell my family until two years after I was diagnosed. And I didn't so tell anybody. That just bothered you or not at all? Um, I was terrified. I mean, how are they going to respect me? They were going to look at me, and I was going to be, um, you know, I've, I've disappointed them. And um, that that's that's what it was about. And it was just really, really tough to tell them. By the way, it is 930, bottom of the hour. If anybody has uh, would like to call in and talk about or has any questions about um, being recently diagnosed or want to share a um, quick anecdote about your diagnosis, what you thought went through, um, before, uh, during your diagnosis, your initial days, give us a call at two four seven uh, two four seven. What where was three four seven two one five nine four four two? That's three four seven two one five nine four four two. So yeah, it, it was, um, and yeah, it was it was tough to uh, to um, come out about it, you know, because I thought I was going to disappoint them. Yeah. Yeah. See, at the point when I came out, I was so uneducated. When I told my mom that I was positive, it was kind of because I felt I I may die. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's what went through my mind. I'm like, well, thank God I have life insurance. I couldn't get it again if I wanted it. Right. I mean, just went through all of that stuff. You know, it was it was tough. It was very very tough. No, I hear you. But, um, yeah. One of the other uh, big things that is really important for people who are newly diagnosed is to find some sort of support system. Um, oh, yeah. You know, whether it's online like POSIM or thebody.com or whether it's a support group at your local ASO or maybe, you know, at your uh, at your, your physician's office. Sometimes they have, uh, you know, the, the ASO or the organization have um, support group meetings that you can go to in your neighborhood and stuff like that. It's so crucial to meet other people that are living with the disease. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's what made me really accept it and come out. Like, I wasn't, I don't think you were either. I'm not sure about you, Jeremy, but I wasn't always shouting my HIV status from the rooftops. You know what I mean? There was a good five years where I hid under that rug. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I didn't do it. I waited a year before I was on on a rooftop. <laughs> well, God bless you. <laughs> a, year? a year? That's good. Yeah, but I wasn't shouting anything except "Oh God, Oh God, don't stop." I mean, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, oh, did I just overshare? Yes, a little bit. But I I think I did. I overshared just a little. And that's why I commend these people who are newly diagnosed and jump on the internet and start becoming proactive and posting videos. I mean, I I just couldn't imagine doing that when I was diagnosed. And it just shows you how things have changed and how, you know, people are getting more educated and and people are starting to accept themselves more. Because I never... I was going to say, I I think where that comes from is, and I'm not going to sound stalkerish here or, or anything, but... Um, it, it's people like Dad Gardner. It's people like Mark King. It's you know, it's it's these people that put their. I mean, it's it's people like Peter Staley who um, founded AIDS Meds. I mean, these people, Larry Kramer. I mean, all of these things. It, it, it was those folks who 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 led the charge 
and stood out in, in the front of the public, in front of Robert, Ronald Reagan, you know, and um, I, I think now it's we're starting to see some of the fruits of, the, of that labor, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank but, God for them, you know. Thank yeah. God. Um, because if not, we would be probably lost right now. Um, one of the other questions that is always, always on somebody's mind when they're newly diagnosed, are they ever going to find love again? How do I start dating again? Where do I go to find, you know, somebody else, you know, who's HIV positive? And um, my question, my answer to that would be you can, you're able to to date anyone. You're not, you like, it doesn't just stop. You have to first fully, I think, accept your status because I, I, myself, when I was diagnosed, I was in a relationship, so it was a little bit different for me. I wasn't immediately thinking, how am I going to find someone else? Yep. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, for me, it was it was a different. Um, I'm not sure how it was for you. Were were you when you were diagnosed? Were you with someone or? Yeah, I was in a. I, so, I was in a um, relationship, and so my issue. It wasn't so much am I going to find love again. Um, it was, uh oh. I've been out screwing around, and now I brought it home. Right. So there, there was a different issue there. <laughs> right. But so, no, no, but but I had that issue too. But I, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was the one who was going out doing things I shouldn't have been doing, and you know. So yeah, yeah I feel you. But I was doing it behind somebody's back. Was that the same thing? Were you doing the same uh-huh. thing? Yeah. 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 At least I thought I was. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean you thought you were? No, no, I was just saying, at least I thought I was doing it until I got caught. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. Is, so that's just the way that, you know, my mind was back then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, um, it's so tough to work through all of those emotions because when I did, when uh, my ex and I did split up, then it, it hit me all of a sudden that, oh, my God, I'm going to be entering the dating scene again. Right. So it, was, it wasn't so much that I was HIV positive. What terrified me more was actually getting into the dating scene. It's like, right. I don't know how to date. I don't know how to do that anymore. And it's like, where do I go? Who do I, you know, what do I do? And so I realized it's like, well, you know, I'll just go to the local bar and and I know Dab is going to laugh when I say which bar I started going to. It was the Eagle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God. So, I mean, you don't go to the Eagle to date. Let's just put it that way. Right. Yeah, because usually there isn't a second date after that one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I don't even know if I even got first names. Um, <laughs> God. But it, it, it's it's just it it really is a um I, I think that's probably one of the that's probably one of the hardest things to get get your mind around is is one that you're not damaged goods because I think that always goes through your mind when you're first um when you're, uh, when you're first when you're first diagnosed, yeah. I, no, I it, you know it's good. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. You know, it's it's that whole thing of um, it's that whole thing of of being. It's the self acceptance, I think. You know. Mm-hmm. And it it's takes always sometimes. It, it does. It takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. And and and, and you, you have to be able to um, what am I, I, I I'm trying to think of the the, the phrase but it's it's hard to look yourself in the mirror sometimes and and think to yourself 
you know, how, because what happens a lot is we blame ourselves. We, know, we go this whole blame game. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, well, how, how, how did I get myself into this? Right. What did I do? Why didn't I make a better decision? And you start going down that road, which then is it, it, it just it's it's a downward spiral, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the tough part. But once you get pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else to go but up, up and out, exactly. right? Right. And and once you realize that, okay, now I'm going to quote RuPaul, so nobody, you know, <laughs> nobody hate me. I I, I yeah, can't I believe I'm about to do this. <laughs> no, I can't believe I'm about ready to say this on the air. If you can't love yourself, then how in the hell can you love someone else? Can but I get an amen? <laughs> can I get an amen? Yes, exactly. But but you know what? She's right. RuPaul's right in that respect. It's if you can't love yourself, then how the hell are you going to love someone else? And that it, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if you're HIV positive or if you have you know if you're struggling with depression or any other mental illness or if you've got um, a drug addiction, or you, you've got a substance abuse addiction, or, you know, you're just coming out as gay, for that matter. That, that can be um, very, very tough. Right. I have, um, I have a, a Twitter question coming in. Oh, do you? Um, okay. Yeah, let me just grab it real quick. Um, from a Rise Up to HIV, <clears throat> he says, um, my issue is that I don't feel intimate with anyone, trying to figure it out. It is tough, but I want to find love and date hopefully soon. So his issue is that he's not, he doesn't feel, my issue is that I do not feel intimate with anyone. Mm. You know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of put into well, words. Um, go ahead. But, but Robert, it goes back to the same thing. Intimacy starts from within. That's right. Um, and, and if you're not comfortable inside your own skin and you aren't um, – and you can't – Confident. Because, because it, well, intimacy is about letting someone else in. Allowing somebody else in, and it's not. And physical intimacy is not the same as um, as emotional intimacy. Does that make sense? No, totally. So it's you know to be to be physically intimate is very very different. Right. You can have sex. And that's and I think physical that's what intimacy. he means, emotionally intimate. Yeah, exactly. So to be emotionally intimate, you have to be willing to let that person in. in. And, and you have to be willing to give yourself over to the other person. And that is always the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably the most difficult thing for and, – and, and I think that goes for anybody – regardless of your HIV status. Intimacy is the hardest thing to achieve because, you know, it's difficult to let people in. I agree. And because, because when you let people in, you now then have given, now you've, you've opened yourself up and you're a little bit more vulnerable. And, and vulnerability is not is is very um it, it it's 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 tough to to allow somebody to do that 
It is, it is very tough to let people in. Um, all right. um, real quick, um, we are down to the last 15 minutes. If you guys want to give us a call here, we have 15 minutes left, 347-215-9442. I was going to have a friend of mine call in this evening to talk about an event he's having, but I'm just going to briefly uh, speak about it because I promised him I would. Um, there's going to be an event that is held at 4800 Hollywood Boulevard in Barnesdale Gallery Theater. It is Saturday, July 16th from 6.30 to 9 o'clock, and it is called All That Drag. It is a benefit show, and it is to benefit and to raise awareness with HIV and AIDS, and it is raising money for the Minority AIDS Project of Los Angeles. There's a full bar and raffle um, and drawing um, as you be able to meet and greet all of the, the queens and drag kings and queens who will be performing there to uh, raise good funds. It's $10 for adults and $7 for seniors. Doors open at 6.30. Go have a good time. Um, I will post uh, the event link on uh, for Facebook if anybody's interested in the chat room, so you can check that out um, if you want to go if you're in the area there. Again, all that drag. So um, I did find this really interesting article. Um, it's, top, it's the top 10 steps to healing for people newly diagnosed with HIV. Um, and I found it on about.com which I thought was kind of interesting because it's not somewhere that I go on a regular basis. Um, and it has 10 things that, you know, they think uh, 10 steps for healing people with HIV. Um, and, and it's not healing them, uh, curing them. I mean healing them as in making them okay with themselves, mm -hmm. getting their life back, coming back to reality. Um, and the first one, is, it says, begin to heal, take ownership. To begin healing after the shock of hearing your diagnosis, first acknowledge your fears and your feelings about having HIV, and then take ownership of them. Um, <clears throat> number two says live in the present. Instead of revealing the past, you know, grimming on all the things that you used to do um, and worrying about the future, keep your mind focused on what you're doing today, and that is when the healing happens. If you're so worried about other things, it's kind of not, um, you know, going to work if you're so concerned about other things. Do you want to um, alternate these a little bit, Jeremy? Oh, am I supposed to look at it? Sorry. I gave it to you, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's see where, 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 okay, you're on number two? Yeah, I was. Live in the present? Okay, right. I guess I'll take number three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm taking number three, everybody. Make your own future. Forget other people's stories with HIVs and make your own. As, <laughs> and you know what, do what you want to do each day. Create your own future. Live for the day. Do what today, because the the choices you make today they uh um they uh they they form our future True. number four go number four, stop and take a deep breath whenever you feel stressed, filled with anxiety, or just plain overwhelmed. Stop and focus on your breathing to clear your mind and give and give it and your body a moment's peace. Try meditating that is great that really is a way for you to release stress if you're able to do it number okay. Five. Yeah, okay, I'm taking number five. This is fun. This is fun. Educate yourself, but take your time. So, you know what? This one is always interesting um, because this, I think, is what freaks people out, is that the Internet, as grand as it is, it can be information overload, and you can – it's like drinking from a fire hose <laughs> almost. And and I, I think what this one is saying is, you know, get educated, but take your time with it. Don't don't rush into it. Allow, you know, allow yourself um, to absorb the inf the the information that you're looking to find, and um, because you will get overloaded, and you will um, it, it will it will wig you out. So. That, no, and, that and I just wanted to recommend two uh, places where people can find information to educate themselves. If they're looking for personal experiences of people living with HIV, uh, they can join the POSIM social network. If you're looking for a lot of um, more information of the medical side and, and medicine and things like that, and also the personal side, you can go to thebody.com. They have a lot of great information over there. Uh, number yeah. six, take control of your medical care. Regardless of your health status, never forget that you are in complete control of your medical treatment and you have the right to change it at any time. If you go to a doctor's office and you feel like you're not getting the best treatment or you feel like this doctor just isn't right for you, you don't like the way that he's talking to you, you don't like the way that he's 
approaching your your health. He's not allowing. You know, he's not answering your questions. He's not. You're not able to understand what's going on. You have a right to change your doctor and find the best doctor for you. You should go in and interview your doctor, and you are responsible for your health. So it's time to take control. Absolutely. Um, I guess number seven one here. Number seven is assemble a support network and use it. And we were talking about that earlier in the show, is find the people that you trust in your life, um, whether it be family or friends, a um, third-party counselor, uh, a psychologist, your doctor, that they, that support network is there for you. And you don't have to go in this alone because you're not alone. Talk to someone. And, and I think if that's, the, if, if anybody asks me today, and, and people do, they ask me today, um, what's the one piece of advice I would give is it, it is find somebody to talk to that you trust and that that you know that will be supportive. And that's that's probably the – that's key, I think. I think that should be number one. But Yeah. True, true, but anyway. true. Yeah, true, number true. Eight. True, true. Uh, number eight, build a strong foundation for your future. Once you are feeling more centered and more um, okay with your status and you're accepting it uh, on a deeper level, then you can work towards um, a strong foundation for your future, including making lifestyle changes and utilizing community resources available to support your healing and long-term health. Yeah. Yeah, so that leads right into number nine is um, – you know, if you have a strong foundation, you can certainly manage your HIV much better. So it's it's talking about, you know, make sure that not just that you have your foundation built, right? It's deal dealing with HIV is it's a disease and it's so and it costs money. Um don't make any rash decisions right away. Make sure that you know, because don't go out and sell off your life insurance. You know, don't don't do any of that kind of crazy stuff. But right. you want to be able to plan for your future, and that's what that's talking about is, you know, if you have a solid foundation, you can build on that. So so that's that's what they're saying there. All right, and number 10 is achieve a balance in your life. Finally, to complete your journey towards a place of peace with your activity status, strive to balance your mind, body, and spirit using activities like exploring your spirituality, doing volunteer work, or experiencing holistic therapy if needed. Um, you know, some people are maybe not be into a religious thing, but you can definitely go into a spiritual thing and, and find peace with it and really, you know, learn from it, whereas, whether it's doing volunteer work or, like they said, doing holistic therapy like yoga, tai chi, meditation. Um, they're always... Uh, Great for you to achieve a balance. One of the things you know that I in the, yeah. the oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the other thing is is that if you have a pet, we were we because we were just talking about dogs and pets in the um in the chat room earlier, and a pet can be very centering for you, and very therapeutic, and and that and that pet can be part of your support network. I agree. You know, because true. they will love you unconditionally, unconditionally. And everybody wants to be loved unconditionally. That's right. Including uh, the caller we have here. So let me. Oh, do we have a caller? We yeah, have a caller. We have a caller. Who wants to talk Where are you calling from? Hey guys, it's Kevin. <laughs> hey Kevin, how are you? Jeremy. Good. I'm doing good. It's so good to meet you and everyone else at the ADAP Summit. It was such an awesome time. And uh, yeah, I. Um, yeah, it was great to meet you. It was good to meet you, and and uh, you know, just being around everyone was so empowering. It was like my first, you know, advocacy event. So how was it for you? Kind of neat. It was it was really neat. I mean, I kind of sat back and took a low key kind of uh, attitude to it all, and um, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I learned a whole bunch, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I learned a lot and got to meet some really cool people, and just you know, just sitting in Speaker Boehner's office, you know, 
with like ten other advocates was like empowering in and of itself, you know. You, you know, were how many you people, really? You guys were there? Yeah. How and, many yeah, people they, get to sit in Senator Boehner's office? You know. Why would you do that? In his smoky office, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. The minute you walked in, you could oh. The man smokes smoke. like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? He'll stand up there and he'll cry for you. <laughs> well, we had someone from Ohio, you know, we had a couple from Ohio and uh, one guy that was on the wait list and he was telling a story. But it was a high-level staffer that we met with. We didn't actually Oh, of course. With, yeah. Well, that's because he knew where Boehner was. He was with the president talking about how to raise the debt ceiling. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> But yeah, I know. Dave had a great time at the conference. Oh yeah, it was it was an amazing time. But I was calling in because it brings me back real quick to the you know I feel like I'm in like psychology class going back to my college you know coursework, and when uh, we talk about the five stages of loss and grief, you know, and I was going through that and like it says here the first one is denial and isolation, right? And I went through that, and then at the second stage is anger. I went through that. There's, It's detailed, but the third is bargaining, and um, the fourth is depression, which I think I'm getting over that hump right now, and then the fifth is acceptance. So it's like I've, almost, I've gone through most of these stages, and um, it's pretty, pretty neat to see that um, there's, you know, an actual map for your grief <laughs> right That's whether it's like loss of someone or just an illness you know it you you feel the similar uh you know emotion. Yeah. and and, and you don't always go through the stages in, in consecutive order, order. Yeah. yeah i mean you can you can hit them in different different phases but that was what i wanted to share and i just wanted to say hi and Great meeting you, Robert, and wish you were there, Jeremy. I know. I, you know what? Okay, so I forgot about the whole thing. <laughs> You're a busy boy. It's all. It's right. a terrible, terrible thing that I forget about those things. So, but I, I will try to make the very next one. So I just want to know where, where the next one's going to be, and I will make it. Well, I'll give you that information, Jeremy. Kevin, thanks for yeah. calling in, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye bye. Yeah, it was awesome. Again, like just meeting those people and, and and you know the people you see online all the time and you read about on positive. It was just for me. That's my favorite part: the networking and sharing stories with other people living with the disease and and mm-hmm. asking, you know, how was it like for you when you did this and you know when you disclosed for the first time and and it was those are the things that make you know everything for me worth it all. Like I got to hang out with Janine. And and Aaron and Melissa, I mean, so many people that I I, I was flabbergasted at how many Pazayamers were there and and met up with us and went out to eat, and it was just super cool. I can't wait for the next one. But I think next year it'll be um, around the same time, if not a little bit before the the big conference, the International AIDS Conference that's going to be held in D.C. Oh, that's right. When is that? So that's one that you have to make sure you go to, too. When is it? That I I don't know for sure. Um, it's something that you can probably check online somewhere, um, but I'm I think not sure for that. Isn't it 2012? That... Yeah, next year. I think it's next year, right? Yeah, next year. That's what I said. Yeah, okay. Oh, another thing I do want to real quick, I would down to our last minute. Um, I do want to recommend, if you're newly diagnosed, to go out and check out uh, this book here. It's called The First Year HIV, A Patient, a patient to Expert Walks Through Everything You Need to Learn and Do, The First Year of HIV by Brent Grodick. Um It's a great book. It has a lot of questions. Remember, you can find more information on Jeremy at www.positivelyspeaking.com. More information on me at posim.com. We hope you have a great night, and we will see you all next week. Really? Next week? Next week. Woohoo! So have a I great night, wait. and thank you all Yay. for tuning in. Well, thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me tonight. Oh, well, it was a pleasure to co-host with you as usual. So I will Aww. see you next right. week. Um, and right now I don't have a show posted, but I will have one posted by the end of tomorrow. So check Excellent. back to find out what that's all about. We'll talk to you okay. all then. Have a great night. All right. Ciao. Bye-bye.
figured I spit it like I actually have HIV. That way people will listen. 500,000 people just died from it, and awareness is what I stand for. With that HIV, with that HIV, get tested, make sure you're not infected. With that HIV, with that HIV, get tested, make sure you're not infected. 